a few ideas came and went, but the idea I could never shake off was this idea of reinventing alcohol-free beer. Have you ever been face down in the toilet at 4am, spewing up your guts, thinking to yourself, I can't do this again? Or maybe you've waited 55 minutes in the rain outside a pub to meet a dealer, just to find out he ain't coming. Broken bones, empty wallets and lost friends. With big nights come big regrets. And hey, we're not here to judge. We've had some absolute howlers in the sesh ourselves, but now we're trying to draw the line. I'm Jamie. And I'm Tom. And we're two old friends who after over 30, that's harrowing, Tom, (laughs) combined years in the music industry have decided that change is upon us. It's been hard, but it's very possible. And that's why we started this podcast to be your support for a life free from the naughty stuff. Join us each episode as we interview celebrities, musicians and influencers about cutting down on substances from their lives. Hear about how they did it, their motivations and how they're coping. We aren't here to preach. No judgment, no rights or wrongs, no censoring. This is just an honest account of people changing their relationship with alcohol. Welcome to They Think It's All Sober. They think it's all over. It is now. Happy New Year, Mr. Hollings. Happy New Year, my liege. We are <laughs> back with a renewed energy. How was it? Mate, beautiful. I I love Valencia and it's one of my favourite cities I've been to. And my mum's cousin, this absolute gazer called Wayne, lives out there. So I got to see him for like only the second time in 10 or 15 years, which was just amazing. Nice. Proper like, he speaks like, all right, my son, how's it going? All right. (laughs) Um, Weather was great. Company was incredible. And yeah, excited to be back and ready to smash it. Beautiful. How was your Christmas and your New Year's? Yeah, fantastic, mate. Really, really nice. Just love hanging out with... uh, with little Zach and fam and mates and everything, very wholesome and yeah, feel very well rested. Nice. Was your dinner as delicious as you expected it oh, to be? Oh, for sure. Amazing. Unbelievable. Good. <laughs> well, guys, welcome back. We hope you had an incredible Christmas break. We hope you had an incredible New Year's Eve and that you took our advice and woke up feeling delightful and sprightly on the 1st of Jan. <laughs> and if you didn't, we forgive you. It's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. And we are, yeah, we're rushing this one because our first episode of the year comes out on the 4th of Jan, which is in a couple of days. But we had a really cool interview, didn't we? A couple of weeks ago, which we thought we would get into in a bit. However, first, I must say, our podcast is absolutely flying because I had a look at our stats over the Christmas break. And we have now had over 50,000 unique listeners on this podcast since we started. That's insane. Which is absolutely mental. To think that there's 50,000 people that have somehow, for whatever reason, engaged in this podcast. Yeah. Which is crazy. So, guys, thank you so much. And I think, I don't know, season two for us was just about investing in video and growing the socials. And obviously, like, that feels like the community is building. But, yeah, to see the listeners from, like, kind of come through from the socials to the actual podcast is mind-blowing for us. Because I know there's a lot of platforms that have hundreds of thousands of followers. And I've seen them launch podcasts. And they only last a few episodes because I don't, it's hard to do. So, Thank you to every single person or every single one of the 50,000 of you that is yeah, thank out you. there it's, listening. Yeah, it's blown, my, it's blown my mind a little bit as well. And, you know, I think it took a little bit of time to get used to the stats because I'm so used to thinking in terms of artist numbers and streams where, you know, I've got songs that have done like 
500 million streams now and yeah. you think oh you know our podcast only and then but you look at it and you go actually that's the real people that are listening engaging with each episode our socials are completely organic we yeah. haven't gone and followed like 10,000 people who have followed us back you know no. we've just pretty much followed our guests and a few people that we like in a few pages and you know everyone that's that's been following and supporting us yeah. it's, it's been crazy so yeah I'm gonna kick the new year off with a moan though because I didn't do it at the end of last year because I kind of forgot Go on. And I want to talk about bar staff being trained properly. Yes. Because I put the big one on my on our Instagram feed and I didn't say it when it happened a second time. But for those of you that know, I go to football every week and travel around a lot with West Ham. And to me, that's a massive part of my life and something I love so much. And the culture of football is very led around drinking. Yeah, and it's very focused around drinking and you know that's part and parcel of it and since I've gone sober you know it's been hard sometimes to get zeros at grounds or whatnot or you have to have a water and you know it's the one thing that I think sometimes you feel a bit disconnected but it's getting better and we must say the zero market is getting better and they are in more places however at Tottenham away in December my friend went to the bar and asked for a zero I had a, one sip of it and instantly was like that doesn't taste right Went to the bar and the guy said, no, 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 it's a zero. And then when he got out of the fridge, it was a Peroni gluten-free. Yeah. Look, mistakes happen. I was grateful enough that I clocked it, swig one. Bizarrely, my brain must just be like, know exactly what that yeah. is now. However, one week later, I went to Fulham away and I was in a bar called The Temperance, which is just off Putney Bridge. And my friend went to the bar, ordered me a zero, Peroni zero again, and it was a gluten-free. So it's not a moan like you know, people make mistakes or whatever, but I, I think if anyone's listening here that runs a bar or works in hospitality, like please do think about your placements of zeros or like training your bar staff to recognize a difference because I think with Peroni and Asahi, actually I've noticed they're very similar branding between the zero and the normal version. It's just yeah. a different color on the top. So I think there needs to be a bit more of an education potentially for people working in bars because I'm okay. I'm like, it was fine. It annoyed me obviously because in your head you're like, oh, failed again which i haven't but i think for people that are on true recovery or have been an addiction like it is a very dangerous like place to be mate 100 percent. and uh, the same thing happened to me you know just before christmas i messaged you about it i was in the i took my stepdaughter for her 18th birthday and went with you know sarah and then leah and some of her mates to the duck and waffle which is quite a nice establishment just went up and had drinks at the top it's got yeah. a nice view same thing happened i like ordered a mocktail and it's called the booze free waffle <laughs> right and ordered it said listen I'm, I'm not drinking i ordered the booze free waffle you know the drinks come out bring over the cocktail i went this is the booze free one guy goes yeah so sure non-alcoholic yeah swig it massive like swig of vodka no and i, I was like for fuck's sake jeez i didn't so, realize you'd had that i didn't realize because when you mentioned it i thought you meant that they just bought the wrong one out. i didn't realize that you'd like fully fucking oh yeah, yeah i had yeah. it and um obviously i'm not really I've, I've had it a couple of times with the beer situation yeah. like you but i've never had it with a spirit yet so and it was really strong i had like a full-on and I, it was so weird because obviously i didn't feel drunk but i almost felt like yeah fuck am i drunk yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um but i went up to the bar manager there and said listen i said this is really bad i said i've eaten here like quite a lot i said i don't drink i said i'm not in recovery but I've asked and I've double and triple checked that this is non-alcoholic yeah. and I've just swigged it and it's got vodka. I said, yeah. what are you guys doing to ensure this doesn't happen? And he was like, 
he paused and looked like he was going to start like making excuses and just went, I'm really sorry. Yeah. He's like, we need to do better. I'm really sorry. He's like, yeah, I get it. There's people that don't drink on religious grounds and yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. kids that come yeah, in yeah, who, yeah. you know, they can't serve alcohol to because they can lose their license. And I'm like, it doesn't happen at restaurants mm. when you order a vegetarian dish. It's so rare that you yeah. go, you hear now people going, oh, but they serve me meat. It just yeah. doesn't really happen. I, I agree. I think there should be more done to educate bar staff, venues, training people so that that yeah. doesn't happen. Everyone makes mistakes. I've just heard it happen a lot more this last month. And maybe that's just because it's December and it's busy. And I, and I fully sympathize. Like this isn't a dig out at bar staff or venues because look, mistakes do happen. It was just, I think for me, it happening to me twice in a week and then literally the next day it happening to you it was a bit like we just felt like we probably should flag it yeah and i i still think at the, at the moment it shouldn't have to be this way but i think if you are in true recovery and you're going out and drinking sometimes the safest option is just to order a coke yeah. or lemonade bottle of water which you know you'd hope that in in the over the next couple of years the market's growing and people will take responsibility and it should be a thing but yeah i think it's a justified moan yeah well my friend i felt bad as well because my friends felt bad because they'd gone to buy me a drink and they're like my two closest mates at west ham so they're like mate i'm so sorry i was like bro it's not your fault like you asked for a zero percent beer you checked it was a zero percent like you asked it yeah. was a zero percent beer when it arrived and i'm just lucky enough that my taste buds have now got to the point where i don't enjoy that taste so i was yeah. like this tastes fucking weird Mate, I'm completely with you. And we had it, we've talked about it before, our friend Alex in, in Ibiza had yeah. the same with uh, a mojito and like it really affected him quite badly. Yeah. I think it's a justified moan and, and one, but we digress. Speaking of zeros though, Speaking I mean, that of, is the perfect segue. It is the perfect segue into this episode. I mean, anyone that's listened to this podcast for the last six months, seven months will know that there is one brand in particular of 0% or low alcohol beer that we love more than anything in the world. Yes. This is going to be a slightly different episode because obviously this is more about understanding more about this person, understanding about the brand. But we thought it was a really lovely chat and he came down to the studio and was really good fun. And it was nice for us to kind of further cement our relationship with them. Absolutely. And I, I think what's really interesting as well is it gave a bit more of an insight into, you know, the zeros, the how they're made, the, some of the kind of more sciencey bits behind it as well, which yeah. I found quite interesting. So yeah, really, really great chat and one that hopefully you guys will find, you know, really informative and uh, inspiring. Yeah, and we thought we'd kick off Dry Jam with this one because it feels like if anyone's thinking about going sober or has just gone sober, what a great way to learn about some of the science behind the things you might be drinking as replacements. Yes, absolutely. Do you want to introduce the... Gentleman in, in question. I shall. So I will say hero of the zero. Oy. The man who has recently launched a new hazy IPA. Yeah. Owner of the Lucky Saint pub yes. in Marlebone. It is the Lucky Saint himself, Mr. Luke, the owner and founder of Lucky Saint. Woo! Welcome to They Think It's All Sober. I'm a little bit starstruck. Me too. I've got to be honest. We have, <laughs> we have bigged up this product because we genuinely love it so much for the last six months. Yep. And we have here the founder and creator of Lucky Saint, Sir Luke. <laughs> oh, now no, no, I'm nervous. <laughs> no, mate, thank it's you. The worst, it's like the most no, terrifying no. build up. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you? Thanks for all this, and thanks for all the support over the oh, mate. many, many weeks and no, it's months our, our and pleasure. years. It's our pleasure. It's funny because we do get, you know, we were just saying before, but the amount of our listeners that have embraced the brand recently, it's just amazing. 
And because it's an amazing product, and obviously there's a whole array of good zeros out there and 0.5s, and we're vocal about numerous ones, but I think we can both speak very openly that yours in particular has just made a real impact on us and our journey and having it in so many places on draft now, it's just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> no, no, I sort of, yeah, I, I never like stop and think about like impacts. So it's very real to sit here like with you and like when you're saying that and I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. It's kind of often we're like, we're just like, we're moving too fast and like loads of stuff is happening. You don't sort of maybe, we don't stop to think about. Yeah like the positive impact that we can make yeah that but that's it as well isn't it? it's like not only is the brand growing and obviously business which is great i genuinely think it's making a huge difference and the market in general is growing which is amazing and just looking at the figures someone from your office kindly sent me actually i think it was josh the report that was saying that you know zero sales had gone up was it 50 percent from jan to I'm, I'm quoting random figures but it was like it had gone up <laughs> drastically yeah i think it was probably so in June this year, yes, that was it. more people were drinking. Like there was more alcohol-free consumed in June than there was in dry January. Which wow. is crazy. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. Because there's a tradition, you've always had this like massive spike for dry January. Tail off. And then it kind of like comes back down yeah. again. And you always, you get this build, but yeah, the fact that there were more people drinking alcohol-free in June than January was. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, exciting. Should we go back a little bit in time? Should we Let's hit? go a little bit into the. Yeah. Because what I'd love to do is I'd love to get kind of a bit of an insight into like, you know, as the sort of founder of one of our favorite brands, like how your relationship with alcohol a little bit from when you were growing up to the point of deciding to start Lucky Saint and we'll just do a little bit of a timeline. So I feel every time we yeah. say Lucky Saint, we need some kind of like, ah, like angel. <laughs> we'll, get that, we'll get that suited. Yeah, we can get that sorted out. Don't worry. Uh, so Jamie, time machine, please. There we go. We're back. So young Luke, early drinking days. What did alcohol look like when you were growing up? So I grew up in a, family with a I'd say like a pretty healthy relationship with alcohol actually cool my mum drinks but like not a lot never to excess my dad drinks more and like consistently but never seen him drunk yeah, like he's okay. just he's one of those people who have for decades has like drunk the same amount on a daily weekly monthly basis <laughs> yeah um but kind of like quite controlled very quite routine nice. um is that healthy i don't know that's probably a different debate yeah, but i certainly certainly my sort of earliest memories of drinking are probably drinking cans of cider as like a 12 year old at home before sunday lunch okay and i remember <laughs> it was um it was Red Rock Cider, I think, one of the Taunton Cider brands. It must have been like 6% and it was in a 440 mil can. Right. Jeez. And have a, can, have a can, like literally like midday on a Sunday as a 12 year old, I always used to walk like, then walk, like, walk through the line and be like, I'm really lightheaded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's this feeling? And then, yeah, as a te- I, I don't know, as a teenager, I guess all of the, all of the standard stuff, like age 14, scamming my way into pubs and yeah yeah i remember when you know when pints were two pounds 80 and god i remember those days days. uh playing pool smoking fags and drinking as you know passing the afternoons drinking yeah Yeah. where else did you grow up so i grew up in london okay nice yeah i went to university you obviously drink a lot at university um (laughs) i i kind of remember never i guess never loving it was kind of like the norm. I mean, literally, you know, it's five nights a week is yeah. you're out, and that's that was the norm. And I was like, 
100% lent into that. Yeah. <laughs> but also kind of remembered, uh, like, not necessarily loving it. Yeah. Not probably not knowing why, but also not having the strength of character, or like the self assurance to be like, mm. actually, no, like, it's, it's not for me. Yeah. And then I, I guess, like, post uni, I'm, uh, I came back to London, started work, and I guess you always had like, like fairly traditional like relationship with yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Probably class it as, I've never, not really like drunk at home a lot, but always drunk when I go out. Yeah. In 2018, I was in the process of setting up Lucky Saint and I got to, funny if I was just about to like finish work and sort of like step into the unknown and that was Jan 2018. So I thought, oh, I'll do try January. Right. That was the start. And then I got, that was actually kind of like, quite enjoyed that. And then I thought well, I'd do three months and then I thought I'd do a year. And so it was a kind of like, I, I took it in increments. And then by the time you get to a year, you figure out that, well, I figured out that I'd done festivals, weddings, yeah. nights in, nights out. Like you've sort of covered off everything by that stage yeah. and you've kind of developed a lot of the, I was thinking like coping mechanisms for like different scenarios. And I guess that was now nearly six years ago. But the one thing I always said was like, there was never any rules. Yeah. So I always positioned it for myself and my own. Like I wasn't gonna, if I had a drink, then that wasn't, that didn't constitute failure yeah. or anything like that. It was like, I'd much rather celebrate all the drinks I haven't had rather than the one that I did. Yeah. 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 And actually over time, I probably didn't drink at all, probably four years. Last couple of years, the thing that's really driven actually is like, I'll have, Sometimes I'll have a drink and it'll always be like the lowest possible ABV I can find. Yeah, so right. if there isn't a good alcohol-free beer in a pub, then I'll have like a bit of shandy. Yeah. So that's kind of that's always the the way I've approached it. Yeah, now the sort of the idea of the idea of hangovers and stuff like that. <laughs> I kind of like can't really compute it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're in a place where a lot of us would would love to be, which sounds like you can have a very, very healthy, moderate relationship with it and sort of take it or leave it by the sounds of it. And it also sounds like, I guess your relationship growing up with alcohol was a very typical one of, you know, the, the cider in parks and the going to uni and getting involved. And then it's sort of dropping off in line with probably work and, and everything else. So it's nice to know that people like you exist. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had many in that chair, that's, that's, yeah. that's for sure. It's, <laughs> and it's difficult. We speak about this a lot because I, I identify with what you said about not enjoying drinking. It's not really one point I've ever enjoyed like drinking, even when I used to go out and get really messed up. And uni in particular, because it just felt like you didn't, I was like, because you struggled to put a term on it. And I agree, it's like, is it maturity? Is it strength? Is it just that you fall into it? I wonder how many other people there are that maybe didn't feel like they had that. And I'm wondering whether now, because social media is so prevalent, because it didn't exist when I was at university, where maybe people can find common ground, whether it's even stuff like we're doing or all the amazing pages out there that go, well, actually, maybe I don't need to drink. And young people now can find the gym or be healthy. But for me, there was no other option other than to just, I don't think I knew a single person at university who didn't drink. Whereas now, most people I know that are 18, 19 don't really drink at all. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because my um, stepdaughter, Leah, is 17, about to turn 18. And she's in her phase of drinking and experiencing alcohol for the same time. And But her and her friendship group don't seem to be getting anywhere near as like, Recoed as I was mortal, like you know, sure, like she's they're going to parties and she's asking to 
get like Malibu and like that kind of stuff. Or the Tequila Rose, I think, is like the, now the the drink of choice for the kids because it's again, it's like a sweet introduction to to alcohol. And you know, I think she had one hangover, and um, she rang me. I'm not gonna grass her up but she uh Remy was like I'm really hungover what do I do I've got work and I was like you go to work I was like you've made your bed you lie in it she's like but I can't I'm being sick and I'm like trust me this is what you need to do go and get some toast do this like give some advice but like apart from that I think like they seem to have a much more like respectful kind of relationship with alcohol and it's not like the the motive for the night out it's like they just want to go and hang with their mates and yeah cool they have a couple of drinks yeah. whereas we were like that's going at fucking shit faced. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, yeah. like you know. uni was a night out, sort of probably wasn't complete if you remembered the end of it. Yeah. Especially Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. So I think in terms of like going into the inception of the company, so you are now five years in. So yeah, congrats. Um, that's a, a big milestone for any company, yeah. you know, especially one that's, you know, excelling. But um, what was the talk us through like the inception of the, the brand? Like, where did the ideas come from? What was the, what was the MO? So I grew up in a family full of people who all worked in advertising. Right. So it was, that was kind of as I grew up, that was always what I was going to do. Right. It was all I knew. And then I spent all of my summer holidays working as a runner on shoots and in production companies and sure. like loved all of that stuff. And then ended up for one reason or another getting, so I got some work experience in a fund management company, like which is totally the other end of the spectrum. Right. Um, <laughs> and then at the end of three months got offered a job and so I sort of stayed and so I sort of fell into a different industry that I never loved and was never very passionate about. Mm. And it's really hard to be good at something you don't love and you're not passionate yeah. about. Yeah, of course. But I ended up working for a, a Belgian entrepreneur kind of looking at businesses for him. And during that time, I met two founders of a technology business. And this was like a concept stage, two guys, idea. They were looking for, like they were trying to raise money for it. And I met them and I remember sitting this across the table from them and they were literally bursting with excitement and enthusiasm. They had so much belief in what they were doing and I kind of, I, like, I couldn't believe there was a professional world out there where you could be that passionate about what yeah. you were doing. It like, it blew my mind. And so within literally 10 minutes of meeting them in this meeting in my head, I was just going like, I, I want to be on that side of the table. It looks yeah. way more fun than anything I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I guess a few, like a few ideas came and went, but the idea I could never shake off was this idea of reinventing alcohol-free beer. Cause it was this, dusty old category yeah everyone hated it like it was you the sort of thing you'd apologize if you ordered it at the bar and the kind of like going back to the sort of like creative part of me and sort of like having always not knowingly but probably like always been like brand conscious and mm -hmm. like interested in brands without sort of actively doing anything about it was always like i wonder if it'd be possible to build a brand that would make people feel positive about the category. Mm. It was basically a distressed purchase. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Without naming uh, any brands, I know exactly what you mean. So yes. yeah, we never name any brands. Very dusty in the fridge in the corner of the pub. And yeah, go and get it out and be like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the start point. It was kind of like, would it be possible to brew a beer that's like good enough to 
bring me into the category? And then is it possible to build a brand that would make people feel positive about that? A little bit naively, I then kind of just started trying to reach out to anyone who would listen, who worked in drinks or even better in beer and brewing and trying to find someone to help me brew a beer. Amazing. And where did that lead you? Well, ended up spending like the next two years. Well, over the course of two years, I worked with six, properly with six different breweries wow. in three different countries. Had you quit and your job at this point? No. Right. So this was a kind like of like, it was, it was, side it was side hustle. hustle. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Which incidentally, if like anyone's ever going to set up a business, the longer you can go on, like bluntly on someone else's dime, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it is, this stuff always takes longer than you think. Yeah, of course. Costs. You think like, oh, what, like, oh, I think I'll be ready to go in six months. And yeah. then like two years later, you still, it still feels, <laughs> you know, because even funny enough, when I did quit my job, in Jan 2018, which was the best part of two years in, yeah, thinking, oh well, like I'm, I'm, like, I'm three months away from launch, ready to launch, yeah, October, wow. <laughs> in reality. So it felt like honestly that year felt like I was always three months from launch, right? right. All this because you've never done it before, you just don't realise how much there is to do, yeah. and you're like, oh damn, I need a, especially when I need a coming, website, and I needed, yeah, especially coming into a space that was like probably at the time. I mean, obviously we know the amount of options and stuff that are available now. But I suppose at the time, like fairly limited, what you were doing was probably quite new and must've been a lot of like hoops and things to sort out and jump through. That's the fun of the journey that you go on and the bit of learning that I think is intrinsically really interesting about starting a business. It's like, it is learning and yeah. figuring stuff out. I was gonna ask what came first, the beer or the brand? Like the taste so, or the... or the. So the beer, the beer definitely came, I did like, I figured out hopefully rightly that it was there was no point having a brand if there wasn't a beer like mm. because this was it always had to be around product and the quality of the beer it was always about lager i think once i had a, enough confidence that we were going to get there on that and it took quite a long time then the brand came after that it's interesting you say that you had your sort of family background in advertising because i think the lucky saying advertising has almost been like a talking point um, of how well it's like being executed, you know, and I think the actual name as well, mm. you know, it's definitely got, you know, you're doing what you set out to do, I think, which is uh, not many people can say they they can do. So yeah, I've always like loved investing in creative and trying to shoot amazing photography, and yeah, that's yeah, always been part, like, part of it. Rankin did your shots? I read that. Somewhere? Yeah, we had like amazing, have lots of help. So one of our guy ben bilber who sits on our board actually he ran an agency called karma right. and he very generously said it was just after we launched and we had a bottle the brand didn't really kind of exist or like there was nothing like beyond that <laughs> so he very generously said well look luke come in with you know with the team as it was at that point and he put like amazing he put like a creative director a strategy director he put like five amazing people from karma in the room is a sort of brainstorming exercise. And one of the ideas that came out of that kind of exploration was it would be cool to do a photography all based on no budget instantly. Be cool to do a some sort of like campaign around unexpected lucky saints, mm. like whatever that would be. And it was, so, and the, the, the idea that rose to the top was an idea of a nun drinking our beer. Yeah. yeah. And we hadn't like no budget to do anything. 
but Kamarama put the brief on Rankin's desk and was like, look, like, you know, we love this idea. We don't really have any money for it. And he came back and he said, I'm, I'm free next Thursday afternoon. Wow. <laughs> what a result. Um, so yeah, it was pretty, it was, it was a like massive coup. That's amazing. Um, and then he shot this yeah, image that's yeah, remained like remained with us ever since. Yeah. Free is never free in reality, but oh, but I remember seeing course, it. I remember seeing course. it in the tube. So the stipulations, I'm sure, came with that. But um, but I, yeah. I remember seeing it in the tube. It's very, and it's before I'd really connected with the brand, so it it stuck with it. Sticks with you. It's yeah. striking. Love that image, and yeah, it's sort of it's ended up kind of informing like the rest of the brand world in a sense. So there's sort of little like hints of kind of religious iconography and yeah the like color palette and stuff i'm sure treading the line of religious iconography without uh, offending anyone right <laughs> yeah no doubt and we're very like very we're really kind of really conscious of definitely not here yeah. to offend anyone and yeah, then, yeah yeah no, of course if like yeah if if we did anything along those lines that would be uh, we don't want to use it as a as a way of like getting headlines yeah yeah sort yeah, of yeah. love the i was sort of talk, think about like the sort of she needs to do just enough to kind of just make the corner of someone's mouth just turn up yeah um yeah that's the that's the sort of right like the right level of like the balance of trying to trying to shoot for nice i'm just gonna open a can yeah of course there you go <laughs> crisp it's not that diet coke advert from wimbledon years ago i think it's like one of the things and the reasons why I kind of go to this as well is like the certainly since I stopped drinking, I think there's been like a big fitness aspect, which a lot of people, you naturally by default have more time, especially if you were a big drinker. And we always say it's almost like another day frees up in the week. But a lot of people replace drinking with fitness. So, you know, you do a lot of running. I started, you know, gym training a lot more. And um, luckily these kind of compute, I suppose, from the, very little sugar that's in them as well, which is, you know, when I go there now, I'm like, yes. Because, <laughs> you know, you you have some where you go and they're full of sugar to obviously counteract the fact there's no alcohol and I imagine it's part of the brewing process and, you know, that some people haven't been able to, or they might not care, they're just like, I want to get the taste like this. And I suppose that's one of the good things with this. I feel consciously when I'm drinking, I'm like, it's got very little sugar in, so this is this is good <laughs> and it's less calories. So. I'd love to know about that brewing process actually, because we went to visit a brewery, didn't we, on Tuesday? We did, and yeah. It was fascinating because we just got invited down and we were really intrigued. So I'd love to hear about how you eventually came up with this amazing taste. I remember reading this book, funny, around like the origins of lager and pilsner, and reading that story. And I remember there's a guy called Mark Dredge who wrote a book called a short history of lager mm-hmm. it's not very short <laughs> yeah. if you're into like if you're into beer it's fascinating lager as we know it which is like pale in color and it's dry and refreshing and crisp like what we think of as like modern lagers mm. actually it's only been around for 200 years right okay so through a bunch of like innovations in brewing they took a different type of malt and some german brewing practices and they sort of they brewed this beer and it it essentially informed like 80% or more of the beer that we drink today Wow, is all informed by that Pilsner that was first brewed in 1842. And there's a moment where he describes going down into the ice cellars underneath Pilsner Oakwell Brewery and 
having being handed a stein like a small like mm -hmm. kind of little mini like stein glass and he describes this straw colored liquid hazy because it's unfiltered and then with a perfect white cap of froth on it and saying like this is like the ultimate beer drinking experience and it literally i remember reading it and the hairs on the back of my neck were like standing on end because it was when i realized that the way we brew lucky saint is the same way that they brewed that original pilsner back wow. in 1842 it's like it's it's pilsner malt it takes six weeks to brew it's like two weeks of fermentation and then four weeks of lagering which is to, to lager is to store right okay. right and they used to store it you know back then they'd store it in ice cellars at one degree right. uh, and that's the like conditioning time when kind of all of the magic happens and the and the beer goes I guess becomes like balanced and, and lots of the off flavors gets kind of cleared up like naturally through this conditioning process so I always think of it as like we we brew it in the, exactly the same way as the very very the best OG. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that and then we remove the alcohol at the end of that six week process right um, how is that done I always when people say about removing the alcohol I'm just always intrigued by the science of that so there's someone there with a straw like when you siphon petrol yeah <laughs> <laughs> not that I've done that before so it's uh it's a process called vacuum distillation and if you imagine I was explaining you know so alcohol evaporates at I think 78 degrees C centigrade Celsius whatever, yeah. whatever C stands for <laughs> water evaporates at 100 degrees so if you heat beer up to 78 degrees the alcohol will evaporate off but the water will stay in it right wow but if you heat a beer up to 78 degrees like it's not going to taste very good because mm -hmm. you've just basically cooked yeah. it yeah spent six weeks you know yeah carefully yeah. holding yeah. the temperature yeah. at Striking like fermentation it. temperature <laughs> yeah. and then you've held it at one degree and then you just cook it um <laughs> so but if you change the atmospheric pressure around something it changes the evaporation point right so you know if you go to the mountains and you boil the kettle at altitude it boils at 90 degrees not 100 degrees yeah right that's because the pressure is lower the air gotcha. pressure is lower so if you turbocharge that so you put in a really strong vacuum you can lower the evaporation point to body temperature effectively. Wow. so you don't ruin so, the beer basically so you don't ruin the beer okay interesting a bit of science that's what we need on this podcast man yeah it's Some good science yeah i've always wondered because i've known there's been like two processes and there's like that you can do it without the alcohol to start with or you take it off at the end yeah. so that answers that question is that the difference <laughs> between a zero and a 0 0.5 because I know they're changing it now, right, aren't they? So everything under zero point five will be considered zero proof. But so could you call that zero? Like, I, is it just a brand choice to on what they do? Not you, just in general with zeros. Lots in there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. The, the, so the so the government's uh, launched like recently launched a consultation on doing exactly that, like clearing up, I guess, lack of clarity around mm. what's alcohol free, what's low alcohol. So. The alcohol in beer comes from fermenting the sugar and the sugar came from the malted barley. Right. Right. The more malted barley you put in, the more sugar, the higher the ABV will be. Yeah. And the reverse is true. So if you put a really small amount of malt in, that will have a small amount of fermentable sugar and therefore will end up with a really low ABV. You can't get that process. You can't get that to zero because you 
you have to have some malted right. barley in there. Right. You can get to zero from using the process that we use, but we choose not to for reasons of flavor and Got you. creating like the best tasting product. Sure. Nice. Bloody good it does taste. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of like, you know, I think we've debunked and there's been a lot of, you know, research into other everyday objects that have more alcohol in than a than a 0.5, you know, including like the bananas and brioche buns brioche and the rest buns, of it. So 1.23% like, ABV. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there's loads in like kombucha and ginger beer is brewed. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about draft because... Mm. Walking into a pub and seeing Lucky Saint on draft is honestly like Tom and I's holy grail. Like there'd be probably if you look through our media on our phones, there's probably about forty five messages of us in different pubs around the country. Yeah. Um and I might be wrong, but yours definitely seems to be the leading draft and I've seen it in more places than ever. What was the decision to take it to draft and has there been any challenges with that? And what's yeah, I guess just would love to hear more about that process. Oh, I remember in 2019 the kind of conversation around like wouldn't it be cool if like alcohol free beer was on draft i mean we've our society in the uk and the pub is just all oh, it's like the pint is you know that's that's how we drink beer right it's like the holy grail yeah. yeah we'd only just launched as a brand and i was always like trying to figure out what the answer would be and would A, would it be possible? B, would enough people buy it? And the general consensus was that, that there's not going to be enough people. You know, it's hard and like there's only 10 taps in a pub, right? Yeah. Like trying to win one of those taps is really hard, but then there aren't enough people who are going to want to drink it. So kind of like ended up sort of the idea just sort of remained on ice until literally the last minute in at the end of 2019. And we thought, well, if there's a moment to try this, it's got to be for dry January. Yeah. So in about... I think it was like November we started scrambling and we scrambled hard. <laughs> um, and actually had like an amazing month in the end. We, I remember so clearly putting the post up on Instagram and the response that we got and the comments was like, this is amazing. It was incredible. And we launched, we originally launched it in 50 venues, which in its own right was like quite an amazing achievement yeah, yeah, to win big. 50 taps from a, yeah. from a get-go from a one-year-old brand. And then I thought we'd ordered three months stock and it was gone in three weeks. Wow. Um, wow. And the response was amazing. And then it was kind of, this is great. And then COVID came and yeah. everything, everything yeah. stopped for a while. Yeah. It must've been quite challenging, I suppose that that period i think for all, for all brands and businesses and stuff but you obviously weathered the storm so uh yeah know. saved by the saved by the internet so it, yeah, worked out. it, it, it worked out it worked out right i've got a couple of questions so one of them is like i guess like non-alcoholic drinking habits is that my experience of it is uh in cities it's been very embraced so you go you know london especially and you go to manchester and you go where it's struggling you probably be able to shed some light on this is like when i've gone to perhaps like the lake district or like potentially you know some smaller places seem to be less embracing of it perhaps it's might be that kind of i don't want to insult anyone by saying small town mentality but like you know some certain places have maybe stuck in their ways do you notice from your like sales that 
the certain areas of, of the country. I mean, potentially even Newcastle is a place where everyone goes and gets shit-faced. I mean, are people up there embracing the sort of the non-alcoholics more than other places or um i'd put it i'd probably put it in that we start certainly when we launched our like strongest the epicenter of the best sales was east london yeah and it literally and it builds out so like if you, if that's the epicenter it was and then it's london and then it's the southeast mm-hmm. and then it's there's some like there are like I think like outposts like Margate and Brighton yeah, and then Brighton uh, yeah that are kind of have I don't know lots of people that either have moved from London or they have a similar mindset yeah and then definitely the further north you go happens that the I guess the alcohol free is movement is less advanced interesting that kind um, of makes sense. And then it is definitely, and it's definitely in a more urban affluent phenomenon than it is yeah. a rural one. Cool. I'm sure that's going to change as, as time goes on. You know, I think it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, let's talk about the pub. Yeah, oh, I was going to say the yeah. pub, baby. I mean, that's a very, very cool accolade to to have and to launch. But yeah, what brought that on? You know, still can't still can't believe managed to basically sort of like vicariously live out the. <laughs> You know, every every like everyone's dream is pub to, landlord. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and managed and managed to wrap it up in a sort of like something that would make sense for us as a business. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so good job clearing the board on that one. I promise, guys, this is going to be great. <laughs> it's worth it. I promise. The funny, the funny thing was, was that we because we actually did it, it. When did we we signed it? I guess signed it off like as a as a board in august 2022 and everything that year for pubs had been like horrendous news like utility bills had gone up like threefold and yeah it was chaos it's to- like total chaos they could literally couldn't be a worse time <laughs> <laughs> and every month went by i was like oh god what are they gonna say like they're just never gonna go and you know we sort of like we like move the numbers around a bit and like maybe it'd look a bit better if we did it like this <laughs> and in the end I remember asking, I did the sort of thing that I try and never do, which is like, I just, I just threw it out to like an open dealer <laughs> and didn't, I didn't give him, didn't give my opinion and, yeah. and, and just said, look, can I get everyone's view on it? Like here, here are all the facts. This is what it looks like now. Yeah. You know, the world's changed over the 12 months or whatever. We've been yeah. kind of like looking at it and talking about it. And the really interesting about it was no one no one would put their hand up and say, no, I don't think you should do it. Interesting. <laughs> they were all just like emo- emotionally, they were like, come on, please do it, please do it. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. And you did. Um, but yeah, it, it, had been a long, it had been a long time coming. So it kind of, it started as a, a search for an office, funnily enough. Wow. So out of, in the end of 2020, so coming out of lockdown, we'd like long since got rid of mm. the office in the ugly building in White City that we were in for pre- uh, yeah pre-lockdown and everyone wanted to get back together and we thought wouldn't it be cool if we like rented the room above a pub and that was our office and then that sort of snowballed the idea of that then snowballed into wouldn't it be cool if like we ran the pub as well and then just it just kept going until until it became i love it office upstairs brand home going concern pub 
yeah kind of i've actually sometimes walked past it and thought i'll just get a quick pint in there and it's been so busy i can't get in it's amazing it's like it's just rammed it's uh People yeah love it. It, there's literally because we, we as i say we have, have the office upstairs there is it's probably the coolest feeling i've had i remember like the first like couple of weeks we walked down you know on a wednesday at like five o'clock and as you come down the it's a four-story building and as you get closer to the ground floor the noise gets louder and louder and you open the door and it's like fuck there's like, people are in our pub yeah and it's like it's noisy and atmospheric and yeah, yeah kind of it was it's a i could it just immediately i was sort of like enlightened as to why people are so obsessed about hospitality and yeah. you know we just like love hospitality so much and suddenly i could like i could see why like people who work in in hospitality we obviously work with them a lot but like suddenly it was like i can see why you get addicted to yeah. this <laughs> question as well i'm just out of intrigue what is your zero percent versus alcoholic beverages ratio in your pub is it more zero than you would in a normal bit pub or because yeah, you definitely. serve normal alcohol yeah so we've always like we always wanted it to be i guess like representative of a normal pub yeah so it's not yeah inclusive. it's not an alcohol free yeah. pub like yeah. let's create i guess a sort of modern-ish interpretation on traditional pub it's yeah. still like wood it's not like it's not it's not all stainless steel bars and chrome <laughs> and chairs copper, and that yeah, stuff yeah. so it's like traditional pub with full range of non-alcoholic low alcohol full strength drinks we do fun enough, so we do fifteen percent of our sales are alcohol free. Wow! Yeah, uh, which is well, well above. In general, I think I'm right in saying it across the whole of the on trade, one percent of beer sales are alcohol yeah. free. Right. So we're well, like well above it. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're well above it, which is cool. Obviously, helped by the fact that it's called the Lucky Saint. Yeah, but, yeah. It's <laughs> like the beacon, isn't it? And I think it's really great on the website as well that you've got where you can type in and see where it's on draft. Uh, we've had quite a lot of people messages about it going- So many people messages about going, oh, that. Oh, I yeah. wish there was a website where, you know, it said where the, it was draft. And I was like, well, there's not like a, I think a general website, but I was like, your guys obviously have one for where you do your stock, um, yeah. which is great. So I think it's good for people to know. And I certainly like, you know, would like to plan, if I'm going for like beers or something, it's nice knowing that there's a bar or something that's got it and like even near where i live now i'm like oh perfect i know that pub's got it on draft so we'll go there my and friends uh, will be purposefully be like let's go here because i know they've got lucky saint like they're so good to me mm. about that you yeah, curse me a little bit though luke i like i've become a personality a little bit just <laughs> like jamie the lucky saint guy yeah it's good <laughs> there's a few there's a like there's a few good stories like we hear there was one there was a bar manager somewhere who, who said that there was a group of lads who were in obviously like after work drinks i think there were like five of them and each time one person would come up and they'd order four camden hells or whatever mm. and one lucky saint for themselves and then each of them individually did exactly the same thing <laughs> they were all coming out they were all drinking trying to drink like all the lucky saint for themselves that's so funny um i'm not wanting to admit it to them no that's, that's so good that's hilarious that's really good any plans to do pint cans or bottles pint cans or bottles yeah just because you know we're uh we're out here spending nine pound a drink <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah what's wrong with that <laughs> no i know what we need a lucky saint black card yeah like the nando's black card they used to give out which meant that you just got nando's free wherever you went 
Oh my so, god, yeah. I've yeah, got I've actually got... got a Greg's black card. What do you have mean you? you have a Greg's black? Yeah, that's in my wallet. You're gonna have to pr- I need proof of that. Yeah. Free Greg's. We'll Free sort... steak bakes forever. Yeah. We'll sort you out, we do we'll 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 sort you out the gold key rings for the Lucky <sighs> Saint Pub. Guys. Um, first. Which is it's perfect for me because I come into Marlborough every day. So you're just going to not get rid of me. Perfect. Kevin's going to hate me by the end of Guy's here again. So I hear you've got something quite exciting coming up that will be out by the time this episode launches. We do. Yeah, beginning of December after quite... I tell you what, I've been asked the question <laughs> probably, if not daily, then definitely weekly mm-hmm. for at least three years of like... <laughs> Is Lucky Saint always going to just be a lager? Mm-hmm. Are you going to launch a new product? Please really launch a new product. Anyway, the, the wait's now over. We're going to be launching our hazy IPA oy, oy. beginning of December. Kind of wait to try that. It's going to um, be another like thing that I will just be drinking forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just double the money. Yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, I can't wait to try it. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of strange, actually this idea that we've sort of been so focused on one thing. And, yeah, and it's actually now... rare. I was thinking about this with other brands and most zero brands, I feel like there's an instant array. And we were actually talking about this the other day, weren't we? About one of the reasons we personally think you guys have been so successful was that dedication to making the beer and the brand the best, that focus. And I guess now that I'm sure you haven't conquered everything you wish to conquer, but maybe now feels like the right time to launch a new product. Yeah, it does. I think, it, I think that's it. It was like, Lager will still always be like number, you know, num- number yeah. one. It'll still, but the the clamour from consumers and customers, like <laughs> it, got, it got it got too irresistible, and yeah, we've managed to produce a product that we're like unbelievably proud of, and yeah, it's good to see uh, Orange entering the lucky saint brand ah, world yeah nice. orange very nice cool well very much look forward to trying it and um cool well i think you know thank you so much for taking the time to join us today appreciate it um, yeah. thank nice. you so much you know it's been great and having a bit of insight into the, the inception of the brand and everything around it and you know answered a few questions as well that we, we have. i loved it thank you so much thanks so much for having me it's been a blast pleasure Wow. The lucky saint himself. The lucky saint himself. Mate, that was fascinating. And I loved hearing about the process of the brand. Yeah. The photo shoots and the product development and how he was always three months away from launching. Because I think when you when you do a startup, I guess maybe a little bit similar to the podcast, right? You kind of have all these ideas and you'll think you're always a week away from the thing happening and then it gets pushed back. Same being a music artist, isn't it? It's always like putting out your first record. Yeah. It's quite scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyed that episode. And Luke, what a gentleman. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah, big thanks to Luke and Kevin for facilitating that and coming down to the to the studio on a... Yeah, and um, I will await our Lucky Saint gold cards or key rings. What were we promised? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, we were promised something. Yeah. God, we recorded this episode a couple of months ago, actually. So I'm I'm a little bit... My memory is hazy of what he promised us. But yeah, I think it was a Lucky Saint gold ring, which means we can go into the Lucky Saint pub and get free Lucky Saints. Well, listen, 
expedite that one straight away, Kevin. You've got my address. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know where I am. Let's have it. Um, no, but it was amazing. And I, and I must say, look, like we'll talk a little bit more in a minute about, you know, the function of zeros and what it's been. But I, I do have to say a huge thank you to that brand for A, embracing our podcast and B, on a personal level, just being something that I actually get excited if I see it yeah in a in a pub and that's that's rare for a brand right it re- it really is and i think what they've done and it's not just because like oh we've become mates with them i was like it way before we did this yeah yeah 100%. and i do now get i was in a pub the other day and i could only see um a beer i didn't like in the fridge and i was a bit like oh god you know fine i have a diet coke but i was out with my old like uni friends and everyone right. boozing i was like i oh, really and they went oh they got lucky saying i was like yeah like, i literally was like yes yeah it was just yeah, like yeah. i just felt like i could have a beer with my mates Seeing it was drafted, awesome. yeah it gives you that feeling doesn't it oh bro 100 100 percent. so i guess like no gibbs for this because i don't think it necessarily warrants a gibbs yeah so i thought maybe it'd be nice for us to actually just touch on zeros yes. as a function and what they've brought to us and for me and you who were big beer drinkers and party drinkers yeah kind of how zeros have helped us in our journey and also appreciating some people won't drink them. And maybe this last 15 minutes of the app isn't for you, but I thought as feminine beer drinking geezers, yeah. we should celebrate the market that is zero percent alcohol. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, it's a market that is growing so rapidly yeah. and it's growing exponentially. There's more and more and more options available, which for non-drinkers like us is fantastic. Yeah. You know, we've had the pleasure of joining like the wonderful Simon Farrow at Hackersan. You know, we got to try all of their like zero options. They try and make like a spectacle of it. And oh, wow. Make yeah. that whole experience like as if you were drinking normally. In fact, we never did our little um, influencer style vlog from <laughs> we Hackersan. Will. We've got all the materials. So, so we should we'll do put it. that together and put that out after this episode, actually, so people can see what Hackersan are doing with, with their zeros. Yeah, exactly. And then um, I spoke to... I've spoken to a few people because, you know, I like my food. I've spoken to a few chefs now. So Adam Handling, who has the frog in Covent Garden, yes. the ugly butterfly down in St. Ives. And also um, he's got a new one in Windsor now. The name escapes me right now because my brain is scrambled egg. But <sighs> they've now got five wines at the frog that they've de-alcoholized. Wow. And they do the wine pairing now with the non-alcoholic wines and they do a juice pairing as an alternative. Nice. Which I think is really good. That's really cool. So like a fruit juice pairing that complements the food. Exactly, yeah. Um, That's really nice. That's nice to be thought of in that way, right? As a non-drinker. Yeah, So, and I think it's great because that was the whole point of the wines is actually getting tastes that complement food and you can do that through juice. And uh, I know Claire Smith at Coors got that as well. So there's like, it's becoming like a big, more widely accepted thing. And yeah, going back to your point, I think me and you love the zeros. And for me, when I stopped drinking, I was like, I don't want to stop doing all the stuff I've been doing. I still want to socialize. I still want to go out. And I still drink probably as many zero beers on a night out as I would have in beers. I drink the same rate. So, you know, some nights I will drink like six, seven, eight pints of Lucky Saint. Granted, by pint four or five, I start getting a bit bloated. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, but it really, really like for the purposes of socializing, I love it. And I do get excited when I see it on draft. It's funny when, uh, you, when you say about like being bloated, isn't it? Because with normal beer, you do get that awful feeling. You just carry on because you're drinking. Whereas I think the idea of a zero is that it should be enjoyed yeah. like you're enjoying a treat of a drink. So yeah. like you're right, like three or four pints is like the perfect enjoyable amount. Oh, definitely. And from like a holistic fitness viewpoint as well, zero sugar in Lucky yeah. Sane, you know, I think it's about half the amount of calories of you know, a normal 
beer. So you can drink sort of seven, eight pints and you're not going to pile on the... Yeah, pile on the pounds. Pile on the pounds like you would do. I thought that was a really interesting perspective, actually, that Luke brought was the fact that he didn't go into this wanting it to be a low-calorie drink. He wanted it to be the best-tasting drink and it yeah. just happened to be that that recipe was, was, was low, which is interesting because you and I went to visit Renegade Brewery last That's year, right. didn't we, in yeah. Reading? And they were saying about the process of a lot of zeros and some of the ones that we felt were better tasting were higher in sugar because actually when you lose some of the hoppiness, of it, right. you have to counteract that with a lot of sugar. Yep. So actually the fact that, you know, like you're saying, and there's a couple of other brands that have got very low calories is amazing because they've somehow managed to find that perfect, perfect balance between yep. sweetness and beerness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think a big shout out to ones as well that cater for gluten intolerance. Mm. So Freedom. I believe it's gluten-free nice. and there's actually quite a big range of, of gluten-free zero Freedom. beers. It's great. Absolutely love Freedom. It's interesting actually because I think I'd had a few different zeros when I first quit drinking and Freedom was one that the first time I had it, it felt the most akin to like a like a lager. Yeah, lager. that's right. I absolutely love it. And the other one I must give a huge shout out to, thank you to Simon Hackersan for giving us these when we were there, is the bottled Asahi Zero. That's right. The bottled Asahi Zero is a fantastic. I actually, on my little mini moon in the Lake District, they were serving bottled Freedom, which I'd never had before. I'd only had cans oh, or and draft. Real? It was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. So bottled Freedom, the Asahi Zero bottled is fantastic. Also had a really good one when I was away called Warsteiner. Ah. Warsteiner zero point zero zero. Is that? I remember. I feel like I've drank Warsteiner when I drank. Is it like white with a gold leaf rim type thing? Um, I think so. It's probably also pronounced Warsteiner. Warsteiner, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. I don't know. The branding was probably slightly different on this one, but that was really, really good. Um, Krombacher zero. Which you stole, by the way. Can we just can we just highlight this? I bought Tom some zero percent beers because I loved them, and I was like, I really want us to try these. I sorry, preface. I loved the alcoholic ones when I drank, and I had it in Frankfurt, West Ham away when we lost the fucking semi final of the Europa League 2022. Mm. But I found a zero, and I bought them, and I said, Tom, take these to yours, get them in the fridge, and we will try them. And they mysteriously vanished, didn't they, Thomas? Honest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I had a box, an empty box, and I've my car at the time was a complete shithole wedding chaos <laughs> and um they'd they got dropped but i did find them and i tried it and it was good but i think the bitburger zero was unbelievable yeah that was amazing that was really good bitburger uh, zero from the bottle as well have you drank bitburger like i did is bitburger normally served as in an alcohol form in a white can with red logo is that what i'm thinking of I'm not or is sure. it bottled I don't think I've ever drank the alcohol version. Yeah, I don't think I had either, but the zero version, both can and bottled, unbelievable. Both can and bottled. How big are the cans? Are they the are they big? Are they 400 yeah. mils, right? I think they're 500 mil. 500 mil. Big yeah, boys. so they, they are. They're some of our kind of favourites in times of recent. People ask us all the time, oh, where can I get it on draft? Lucky Saint actually have that function on their website where yep. you can go on and they give you all of the pubs that they have it on draft, which yep. is really helpful. There are some pubs that have... I know Freedown was on draft at the pub by Kennish Town Forum. Is it now? Yeah, ah. which was really good. Okay. And it's great. You know, I think for me, the, the function of zero is I still get that placebo yep. a little bit. I still feel like socially I get to go and hang out with my mates and have a beer. Yeah. And it feels no different. 
Yeah. So I'm I'm really happy that they exist, if I'm honest. Mate, I love it. And it's becoming more and more apparent. And I think you've only got to see with, you know, us being asked on Radio 1 or BBC when we're talking about this market more actively. Like that's something I don't think I really saw in the public eye a long yeah. time ago. So it is becoming more prevalent. And I think even people that are drinking, friends of mine that are drinking or still drink, a lot of the lads at football will say, oh, I've started buying zeros during the week or I've started having a zero in between pints when we're out. I think there is a slow but beautiful normalization that you can still enjoy going out without getting absolutely off your nut. Yeah, I completely agree. Also, we mentioned it before, that Risling. Yes. That you had. So my friend Ben tipped me off that it was back in stock on this website and I went on it and there was only four, they had four bottles in stock. That it? So I bought four. So you cleaned out the stock. Yeah, but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It was because it was Christmas, New Year, and I bought one for you. It actually should arrive today. Mate, that's really, that's very kind of you. Yeah, my pleasure. Does that mean you've got a spare one? I've got a spare one. Should we, uh, we do run a, a comp on a pod? Should we do a little comp? Okay. Should we do You're it? hurting me a little bit, but that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just giving away your... No, but you know what? I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to get to the source of this with this because there's one stockist that has it in the UK bar that off license I found. I, I can't find the source website of where this comes from. And I feel like everyone deserves this. Like it's so good. So I want it to arrive and I want yeah. everyone to have this Dr. Thanich Risling. But yeah, look, I think I think just to touch on Lucky Saint, like they have been such huge supporters of us and we've probably given them infinite amounts of free advertising on this podcast. But that's okay <laughs> because we want to be honest and we want to be authentic about things that we enjoy. And I'm keeping this episode clean from things we don't because I respect the brand <laughs> ethics that, that a brand yeah. would have about negativity around other brands. But Lucky Saint really is for us like such a hero of the zero because it really makes you feel like you're drinking again with your mates in such a beautiful and, and delicious way. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, just to recap, I know we touched on it. There's some people that can't have zeros. Yes. People are in recovery and, you know, we're very respectful that they're not for everyone. And, but for the people that are sober curious, still drink. And for those of you that are very much like myself and Jamie that just overcooked it and wanted to stop, I think it's a fantastic, you know, thing to have available to us and I'm very grateful for a growing market and more places, you know, stocking it. So Yeah, and also what we haven't had yet is our um Lucky Saint Hazy IPA care package. Yes, that's I haven't right. tried it yet, have you? No, I haven't. I think it's in supermarkets. I might try and I might try and get some actually. Yeah, I will. And what I do want to do a last shout out as well to Hoax, our good mates, you know, Alex, Bailey and Hag, who, you know, we've run some competitions and given away some hoax and I think it's one of the best like IPA-esque zeros that are out there. Milky smooth. Milky smooth. So yeah, big shout out to Hoax as well. I really enjoy their stuff. So. But yes, the uh, we will try and put together a bit of a literature chart on zeros as well. I think it'd be good to kind of give people a bit of an overview. But also a big shout out to the Wise Bartender because that website and he is incredible. So if you are thinking about diving into the zero market or trying anything this January, if you're doing Dry Jan, get over to the Wise Bartender. He has... Honestly, it's ridiculous. I mean, I ordered us a care package of 24 different zeros and it was like 40 quid or something. It's such good value for money. It shows up within a couple of days. Again, this is not an ad. We're just here to shout out good people. Yeah, it's great. That's great. I am going to actually revisit that and I think we should do a competition. It's Dry Jan. I think we should give our listeners the chance to win a selection of our favourite zeros. Fine. So what's going to be the 
premise for the comp. You haven't thought that far, have you? I haven't thought that far ahead, That's but fine. don't worry. By the time this airs, it'll be sorted. It'll be sorted. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening in. Again, big thanks to Luke at Lucky Saint for coming on. I'm going to do it. Do it. May the 1st. May the 1st. Leicester Square Theatre, <laughs> London. We are bringing They Think It's All Sober to life. Tickets are flying. We're so, so excited. And... Um, yeah, we are confirming even more exciting guests. So our format's starting to come together. We're pulling together all of our resources and it's going to be a night to remember. It is. So go and get your tickets. Next week's episode yes. is very, very new for us. It is. Multiple guests. Multiple guests. In multiple formats. And relationship focused. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So yeah, that's going to be really, really good. And I think we haven't dived into... That's the thing. It's been so nice having all our different guests on. I think now is time for us to dive into some real nitty gritty on the topics. Yeah. And what does going sober mean for relationship? Can it make you stronger? Can it push you apart? What happens if you go sober together? What happens if you don't? Yeah, one of you does, one of you doesn't. Plenty of questions. Plenty, I can answer most of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, guys, thank you so much. Big love and, as always. Uh, big love as always. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>